You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode contains topics that some listeners may find triggering. See the episode description for more information. Listener discretion is advised. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I'm Lara Benanti and you're listening to me on Mama's Talkin' Loud. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. And we are starting off with our friend, Tony Award-winning actress, Laura Benanti, getting down to the truth of motherhood and all things mental health and social media and juggling it all. Hey there, you're listening to Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And today, we have our friend Laura Benanti here. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, post-school drop-off. Yeah. Mama's Talking Loud <laughs> podcast. That's where we're at. Um, you might know Ms. Benanti, mm. Tony Award winning Laura Benanti <laughs> from any number of Broadway shows, um, Back way back with her debut in Sound of Music. Um, at the ripe old age of 18, 18, 18, years Crazy. Ago. dreams, uh, and, um, all the way up through most recently would be not, she loves me. My fair lady, my fair, fair lady. lady. Right. Oh my yeah. God. <gasps> Beautiful dream role for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, Laura is here to talk with us. She has a daughter, Ella. You want to tell us a little about Ella? Rose? Ella is two and a half going on 45. <laughs> she is like a tiny old woman. Um, who has started to say things to me like, you don't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's been a fun transition. (laughs) Um, But she's also just like super empathetic and kind and funny. She actually performed on stage at SOPAC with me and my mom. What? Yeah, we sang Doe Deer. I saw that video on your Instagram. And it was magical. I, I I told her, I was like, listen, you're going to come see mommy and Nana on stage. Um, do you think you'll be able to be quiet in the audience? And she was like, yes, I want to sing. And I was like, oh, okay. And she and I was like, do you want to sing with me and Nana? And she was like, no. I was like, oh, she, I was, she was like, I want to sing by myself with a big microphone. And I was like, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So then she decided she did want to sing with us. She wanted to sing Doe a Deer. And they gave her like a little tiny microphone, you know, like one of the mm-hmm. smaller yeah. ones that you would use for a guitar or whatever. And um, she like marched right out on stage, not nervous at all. And amazing. I, and then she wanted me to pick her up. And then the minute the music started, she was like, put me down. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> I got this, it mama. was unbelievable. And then she bowed and like confidently walked off stage. <laughs> and my friend and our music director, Todd Almond, was like, that was the definition of taking the stage. I mean, <laughs> like, she walked on there so confidently. So now she's hooked and I'm screwed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. I Pretty saw much. that there was a picture of her with this wistful look on her face or something. It was about, like a like, look of love. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this like, is where I'm meant I, to be. Yes. Yes. The minute she looked out into the audience, she was like, oh, you like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you really <laughs> like me. Found her audience. So our friend Chelsea, because I was like, I've been fretting a little bit. I'm like, because I take her everywhere. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe she just thinks life is just like the Colbert show and, <laughs> and like being at the theater mm-hmm. and, and like sets and stuff. And so Chelsea got her a microscope 
And the very first thing she put under it was a picture of herself. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, that's done. Yep. I think we know what you're going to do. So much for that. Oh, my God. She reminds me so much of your daughter. Oh, of Elliot? Yes. Yeah, I know. She reminds me so much of Elliot. I would agree. Precocious and like sassy. Super sassy. Yes. She has all kinds of – the other day Elliot said – she went to dance class and they turned on the lights. And I said, oh, have they turned the lights on for your final little like performance the last 10 minutes? She goes, yes. I said, and how did it make you feel? She goes, like a star. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, there's well. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, well, speaking with Ella, about Ella and, you know, when she was born, mm-hmm. that was quite a journey. And you weren't, well, you were working yeah. when you were pregnant. I worked my entire pregnancy up until like a month before I was due. You are a rock star. That's incredible. So I was pregnant with her during She Loves Me, like for the first three months. And I I had hyperemesis. So I was just barfing constantly. It was horrible. Um, It was so bad. Like my dressing room was just completely pitch black. And then I would like have to like get my eyes adjusted to the light before I would go on stage. But every performance, I, I just looked like a person about to vomit. Because um, <laughs> you like, were. Wow, she's really nervous. Amalia <laughs> very intense. Um, so I, I did that. And then I did a TV show called The Detour, where they were kind enough to write my pregnancy in, which oh, was awesome. Wonderful. And then I did a brand new show at the Carlisle, which you and Chelsea right. came to. Yes. Um, and then I was, I mean, I was shooting The Detour all through my pregnancy mm. up until I was like, humongous to the point where the following season I was still pregnant but they were like we can't make you look as pregnant as you looked (laughs) he was like your nose was pregnant right and I was like yes mine changed too I remember that oh my gosh oh my god my nose changed to my cheekbones yeah Yeah. exactly just flat and wide horrible oh my god so yeah so hyperemesis crazy um pregnancy and then just the worst labor you guys it was I went into labor on February 11th, and I had a baby on February 14th. Yep. Mm. Which, whenever I tell people that, they're like, oh, because it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, and like, like, you missed no. that part where I was in labor for three days. Exactly. <laughs> Legitimately. It's also my dad's birthday, so that is really amazing. But I labored at home for like 40 hours, and then I finally turned to my doula, and I was like, I need drugs. Because mm-hmm. I was in, I didn't realize that I was in back labor. She was sunny side up. <sighs> and then they, I got an epidural, and then finally I dilated, but it was like, you know, were you able to deliver her sunny side up? I delivered her sunny side up. That's amazing. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours of pushing. Not hour 40. So you got me beat. My, my, I had midwives and they were like, you have 30 more minutes and then we're going to have to do a C-section. And I was like, I'm going to do this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with having a C-section. I do think that there is so much sort of like fetish fetishization, is that mm. the way you say it, yeah. around like breastfeeding and vaginal birth. And like, you know, I feel like there is so much mom shame that happens when people are like, well, did you have a natural birth? Totally. And I'm like, yeah, I carried a baby and I got that baby out. Right. That's I, natural. I had two C-sections and yeah. after my first, I was miserable over the fact that I did not have a vaginal right. birth. Like miserable. Yeah. Um, and the second time I didn't because I did all the things. I had the doula. I tried right. for, for a really, really long mm-hmm. time. There were complications. And at mm-hmm. that point, it was like, are, are you going to be knocked out and we're going to have an emergency and we have to get this baby right. out? Or should we bring this baby into the world yes. and you be a part of it? And I was like, that's what I want. Exactly. But I felt more in charge the second time around. Right. But it, it was like something to do with afterward. Oh, I know. But uh, but there's so much about that. There's so much with breastfeeding. There's so much yes. with parenting. Yes. The choices that you make. The yes. shame, the mom guilt and the shaming is mm-hmm. out of control in our society. And that is... I, I had the, that with breastfeeding where Ella had like very severe reflux, you mm-hmm, know, like Ella had very severe reflux. And I literally got to the point where I was only eating, and I'm not exaggerating, um, turkey, sweet potatoes, brown rice, and steamed squash. Oh That's all I ate. And she still couldn't tolerate my breast milk. I went to seven different lactation consultants until finally the last one was like, stop. Right. <laughs> I was Why like you doing yourself? this to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like emaciated. I, it was horrible. I, I wasn't sleeping because she was colicky, mm-hmm. you know. And it no, was, it was a rough go. That was rough. Was I had I had really bad postpartum depression and anxiety. Thank God I went to a doctor. Thank God I got a medication. Um, you know, thank God for my mother, who like really helped me. And um, 
you know, it, it was a really, really challenging time, which is why I try on social media and in all my interviews to be really like an advocate for moms, all moms. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my friend Kate and I took a page out of your guys' book because I was so helped by Broadway Baby Mamas. You know, I like post on there and and I received so much help and support. And it's a private group, you know, just for Broadway moms. And I was like, I want other people to be able totally. to sort to of have supported. this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my friend and I started Mamas for Mamas on Instagram. And our motto is, you know, stay at home or go to work, bottle feed or breast. We're all just mamas and we're doing our best. Yep. Yeah. Because I cannot tell you the amount of times I was shamed for bottle feeding. A woman asked me if my daughter was adopted. <sighs> and I was like, no. And she was like, have you considered breastfeeding? Oh, my God. And I, But you know what? Instead of being like, no, and go F yourself, I sobbed and told of her my whole sob story. Huh. And then she walked away like, Okay, good. She may not be breastfeeding, but at least she feels terrible about herself. <laughs> you know, there's this like, yeah. it just drives me crazy. The mm. lactivism, the sort of like, oh. the fetishizing of breastfeeding and vaginal birth and, you know. Um, that only one way is the right way. Yes, that only, right. and if that works for you, awesome. It's whatever, yeah. Whatever Your way works is for the you. right way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know if we your did, baby is alive and, yes, healthy and healthy and happy, then none of it. Matters. I feel like anything short of obviously abusing or hurting your child, mm -hmm. whatever works for your family works. Right. We did baby led weaning and people were like, what? You let her pick up a chicken leg? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we did that too. Yeah. I, that, that was, was great. So fun. Yeah. I yes, mean, that was... I loved it. But maybe that doesn't work for your for family. You. And exactly. so then you blend and puree. Great. Like I just am so – and I, th I think to – Instagram and social media and, you know, not just Instagram, but social media in general – it's like there's two different sections of moms. There's the like ethereal breastfeeding in a field, you know, everything is like beautiful. everything is gorgeous. Everything is perfect. Like, you know, sepia tone moms. Right. And then there's the like, my kids are bastards. Give me another glass of wine, moms. <laughs> and there's like nothing in between. Mm -hmm. And Which I, really, it is the in between, right? Yes. There's so much about motherhood that is beautiful and uh, so... It could be the it could be the messiest moment, and there's beauty in it. Yes. and I think that's what there's no cross section of. And that. it could be the most beautiful moment, and you don't feel prepared for it, and mentally and, and emotionally, and it feels horrible right. to yep. you. So it's like that to me. The idea that, and I think this is just a, a deep seated misogyny in our culture, and also an internalized misogyny, is that women aren't allowed to hold more than one thought or feeling at once. Yeah, that we're not allowed to be ambivalent, mm. and that is what I find really fracturing. And a challenge. And what I know you guys try to be an antidote to, I'm mm -hmm. trying to be an antidote to, just the idea that one day you may feel like those blissed out mamas. Mm -hmm. The other day you may feel like those wine chugging mamas. Mm -hmm. And everything is fine. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And everyone's allowed to be that. But I do think that, I know for myself, when I went online and I saw those those very polarized images, I felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Mm. And particularly with the everything's perfect mamas, I just felt like I am doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know how well, to do it. Well, and then it. the pressure you start to put on yourself 100%. to create those moments. Oh my gosh. The amount of photos or the outfits. Ugh. I mean, my God, oh my Kara gosh. and I, we talk about whenever we do photos or whatever, and we would plan our family's outfits and then you're going all over the place. You're like, I can't find the right color, you know, sweater for our, oh perfect. my God. Yeah. I took myself off of social media mm -hmm. when my daughter was struggling when we, when she was very young because I just couldn't stomach it. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't see the pick the perfectly curated pictures of everybody else's life exactly, and think how I felt my life was crumbling. Yep. And it just was – it. It compounded the issue. Yep, um, exactly. I think that my mom has said to me several times in watching me parent, she's been like, you guys have it so much harder than we ever did. Yes. She said, no one cared how we, <laughs> how we parented. We, yeah. we, we just went on with our lives. We kept our mom, our kids alive. And mm -hmm. she's like, I would throw you in a playpen and make dinner and it, you would be screaming, but it didn't matter yes. because that's what you did. Yeah. Meanwhile, like I'm running around trying to make dinner. Oh my God, are you okay? No, I no, no. know. Because there's been this unrealistic image mm -hmm. of what motherhood is supposed to be. Yes. That you are supposed to be like an ethereal goddess with eternal, infinite patience. <laughs> and that is not my reality. No. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, I don't know anybody who's it's, who it's their reality. I do know people, women, who become moms and literally are like, this is all I ever wanted. Yes. And I 
I feel like I'm fulfilling my destiny right now. Yes. And I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, that is amazing. Me that too. is not me. Same. <laughs> not, not that I don't adore my children. I adore them, but that's not all I ever wanted. Yes. Um, and I think that there needs to be space to be able to say that. 100%. And for them to be able to say it. Right. Because I think those people feel judged too. Of course. You know, I know you know, some stay-at-home moms who are like, I just feel like when I tell people that I don't work, they judge me, you know? Or when I tell people that I really genuinely, like, this is all I've ever wanted, they look at me like I'm simple. Mm. And it was helpful for me to hear that because I think I actually was maybe one of those people who, who through my envy, yeah, because I'm envious. For me. Yeah. yeah. I wish that that um, was all I want. Not I, that's not the way to say it. What I wish that that was what I wanted. I wish that I felt completely full to the brim um, through through that, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. So there, it's like holding space for both. Mm-hmm. We are capable of it. Yes, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. not easy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> no, I mean like holding space for even both of the the different ways of being. Like we as a as women, mm-hmm. and I do think as a society we're capable of it. But people love to pigeonhole us. We feel that in our careers. Oh we feel gosh. that in our lives. It's like yeah. people want to compartmentalize you so they can quantify you because it's mm-hmm. easier for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so easy. I hadn't ever been shamed. I guess is the right word for working until. Last week, wow, it was so weird. That's a long time. I know. Like, I, I, I guess I just always felt supported, and maybe I turned a blind eye to it. Mm. I don't know. That probably is more what it was. But this was the first time I really like recognized it. <laughs> um, my son takes swim lessons. Mm-hmm. He's going to be three at the end of October. I have been going and taking him to swim lessons since he was eighteen months, where I got in the water with yeah. him. You know, now he does it by himself. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in, I think we were recording an episode of this, so I missed his swim lesson. My husband was there. It was fine. The next week I come in and his teacher says, um, are you, are you working? Oh, she said, he, he, all he was talking about was you last week. And I said, well, I was, I worked a lot last week. Um, she goes, he really, really was having a hard time. Oh God. And I wanted to say, you know, at all those swim classes that I got in the, in the water with him, I went and did two shows after that. Right. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday, yeah. I got up, took his ass to swim class, yeah. got in the water, took a shower, and got in the train and come into, right. came into New York. And I was working. You never shamed me then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I, I had never experienced it before. And she's well intentioned. I understand sure. that she's caring for my son and seeing that he was struggling. But instead, instead of saying, like, hey, he seems to be having a little bit of a hard time. Is anything different? Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to let you know. So that you're aware of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. But it was like, oh, are you are you working? Gross. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of mom shame. I've gotten, you know what it is? I've gotten a lot of people. <coughs> you okay? Yeah, I just cut that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've I've actually gotten like a lot of backhanded mom shame where people are like, oh God, you work so much. That's that's amazing. I just couldn't do that. Mm. I just couldn't mm-hmm. leave my child. <laughs> where I'm like, well, actually, she comes with me almost everywhere. Which is amazing. And yeah. hard as hell. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. before I go on set or whatever, I'm not studying my lines. Right. I'm like playing with her or holding her while she screams or whatever. And 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 it's funny. There there is like a person in my life who I think inadvertently doesn't realize how much she does it where there's this sense of like, oh gosh, like almost pitying me, mm, yeah. you know, where I'm like, Ugh, it just drives <laughs> me crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a lot. I mean, I, yeah. And I think that's why like Mamas for Mamas that you guys created, yeah. I think that's so great to have a place where you can show the reality and yeah. the, when it's the highs and when it's the lows and yeah. everything in between and just I love that. I love that. And you yourself on your own Instagram, I mean, you're so open and you have talked about all kinds of things Mm -hmm. and you aren't afraid to show it. I know that recently you took a break from social media. I did. That was amazing. So there's a book that I read called Digital Minimalism Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. And I just realized that my relationship with social media was becoming a bit unhealthy where I just didn't want to be on my phone that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was realizing that I was like putting too much stock in the likes. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and not even that for me. Like it was about, I, I was feeling like I was spending more time communicating 
with people on social media than right. with like my family and right. friends. Mm-hmm. And that didn't feel like a healthy balance, you know? Um, so I took a break and it was honestly magical. Mm-hmm. It really was. And right now what I'm trying to do through sort of the guideposts in this book is take like a step back where I set rules for myself around social media where like I only do it for 30 minutes in the morning. I say what I want to say and then um, – and then I'm like done with it for the rest of the day. I have you don't go failed back to it. Oh. <laughs> miserably. <laughs> and I will tell you, my anxiety. Every day's a new day. Yeah. Right, exactly. But my anxiety spiked considerably when I got when you back, went back on. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, I weirdly feel like part of my job I, I, is oh, being on for sure. social media. Yep. And it's on it, like, it's funny. Actually, I had an agent say to me, um, he was like, you need to have your Instagram be more just pictures of you looking beautiful. And I was like, no, <laughs> I you won't, don't I know won't. me. Yeah, <laughs> nope. I, that's not what I'm interested in. And maybe no. I would get like, you know, maybe I get sponsored ads or whatever. But like, that's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. I think that social media has the power to either unite us or really break us apart. Yeah. And I think we've seen that on a political level, a social level, an interpersonal level. And I feel a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I know you guys do too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I know that it's a struggle also, you know, with our kids, uh-huh. what we yep. choose to do. I know recently you decided to not have Ella mm-hmm. on your social media anymore, um, which is hard, right? Because it's like you want to show all aspects of life, but also you want to preserve their autonomy. And Mm -hmm. I struggle with that with Elliot. I know I do. You know what I mean? Like, cause you love them so much and they're so cute and they're so great and you want to share. And for me, you know, family that lives all over the place, you know, you want to say, you want them to know who your child is, but at the same time, you know, well, it's well, just you a balance. To, I think you talked about consent too yes. with yes. Ella. Like she's yeah. not old enough to understand what that is, so she can't give her seal of approval. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, that was something that was really big for me because I've been thinking about consent in all its various forms and. You know, I have a private Instagram for her where I show her face, and that's where, you, you know, you saw that video yes. of her for <laughs> Um, But on my personal one, A, I'd gotten a lot of threats because of my Melania impersonation, and one of them was threatening to <sighs> Yeah, Ella. we got to come back to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that really scared me. But then also just in thinking about consent, I realized that there was really no way for Ella to understand um, what it means that... 150,000 people or whatever it is were going to be looking at her face. Mm. And I just thought I'd rather err on the side of overly cautious. Um, And I hope it didn't seem like pedantic the way that I said it or that anyone else is doing it wrong if they're doing it. But I just felt like, you know what, it's not my place. When she is old enough to have – you know, social media. Lord help us. I know. <laughs> I know. Terrified. I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, and no. it's a different reality when you have 150,000 followers or whatever you have. Right. Like yeah. It's just a different – it's different than, you know, my family who lives in Ohio putting pictures of their kids on Instagram because exactly. their followers are their right. family and friends. Exactly. You know, it's just a different Yeah, it is situation. a different thing. Well, and especially, sure. I mean, going back to the Melania uh, Trump impersonation, I mean, first off – you're so good. You're <laughs> so you. brilliant. Um, you. you need to go on YouTube, y'all, and just find Laura Benanti as Melania Trump on the Colbert show because it's 
so good. Thank you. I mean, it's uncanny. It's really it's weird. It's uncanny. Wild. It's crazy. But I was wondering that. I mean, we hadn't really talked about that, but I was thinking, I'm sure, I'm sure that people come for you. Oh, yeah. In, and that's terrifying. It's really I mean, scary. That... I know how scared I got. I put a video up of Elliot getting on the school bus, and all of a sudden I was like, can people tell what school she goes to? Yeah, oh, my God. Right. What is going on? And no one's looking at me. Do you know what well, I mean? But like, true. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I just thought, oh, my God, with Laura and and the state of our country yeah. and the emotions that yes. run very hot, yes. um, can you speak to us about just sort of that experience? I mean – It's been a – it's been really challenging. Um and it's been a real consideration. I had a, an opportunity to do something. It's a secret project that yeah. will be happening. I, I chose not to do it mm. because even though I think it's going to be a huge thing, I think it's going to be like, whoa, like a global sensation. To me, I was like, I thought about it a lot. It would be amazing for my career. But if anything happened to Ella, I would never forgive myself. Mm. And so... That was the choice that my husband and I made that like no matter what it might do for me business-wise, it's not worth, our, you know, putting our family in danger because I consider my Melania impression pretty innocuous. Like, you know, it's not – there's no malintent there. You know, we're, no. we're just – it's fluffy and funny. Right. And this other thing is like very funny but a little bit – more hard hitting it out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if already they're coming for yeah. me and Ella based on this like ridiculous impression, I, yeah. I can't do it. Well, and I mean, just the fact that they even would come for Ella or make it's threats crazy. to that. It's like what the type of person who threatens a child, you know, it's just, but it's, <clears throat> it's that thing I would understand. I understand your fear. It's like, yeah. they are our most precious, you know, they're so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's something anyone can really understand until you're a parent and just, the lengths you will go to to make sure your child is happy and healthy and safe. And totally. Absolutely. I mean, I commend you for that. I know it's Thanks. it's hard. I mean, these are those yeah. moments because, yeah, you're like, that would be a huge thing for my career. Yeah. That part of me that's not mom. Yep. Yes. That still wants more yep. and bigger and all the things yep. and success, more success. And yep. um, Have you made but, a lot of decisions like that in the, since Ella's been born? You know, not in in that subject matter. That's like a very specific right, arena. Right, obviously, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely there were jobs that I, if I weren't a mom, I'd be like, sure, that sounds fun. And now I just have to my 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 yeses are just more considered. Yep. You know, because if something is going to take me away from being with her, it has to really be worth it for our family. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. for sure. Um, you. I wanted to talk to you if you could speak a little bit. You touched on this earlier about your postpartum depression yeah. and just um, emotionally and what you've been through. And you spoke about and you wrote this beautiful piece for the Huffington Post yeah. um, about your miscarriage mm -hmm. um, that you had before Ella. And I think that, I mean, it just speaks so much to who you are, Laura. And I, I love it. I love so much how open you are. And I Thank know you. that that's hard and I know, but it's so brave. And I do think that it helps so many women who are so scared to speak out and the stigma around something that we have no control over. Yes. And um, how was that for you deciding to be so open to share that experience? And, and what was the response like? I mean, you know, it's, to me, they're feminist issues, you know, mm -hmm. and for me, if I'm going to consider myself a feminist and I do, then I have to, this is just for me, I, I feel like I need to be willing to be vulnerable because I think that sometimes people think of feminism as like this angry, like mm -hmm. fist in the air thing. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's not, you know, um, to me, it's about emotional wellness and obviously it's about equal pay and, you know, the right to our bodies and all mm -hmm. of those things. But it's also about being a, having a right to being a person. Mm. And um, so for me, when I, when I miscarried um, before I got pregnant with Ella, um, I was so depressed and so despondent. And I do know for myself that the only thing in those moments that is helpful to me is being of service in some way. Because if I am only thinking and considering my own feelings, I can't get out of them. Mm. And so it was cathartic to write about it. But also 
I wanted to be of service to anybody else who has experienced it or was experiencing it or might experience it in the future because I was appalled by some people's reactions. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that like they looked at me like I was oversharing with them mm-hmm. or they were just like deeply uncomfortable with the information. Um, and then friends of mine who were like, oh, yeah, I know I had so many. Where I'm like, when? Why didn't you tell me it would have helped you? Mm-hmm. There's just this sense sense of secrecy. I cannot talk. <laughs> this sense of secrecy and shame yeah. around so many of these issues. I, I just think the more we shine the light on them, the more it will sort of burn the clouds away. So when I wrote that article, that was my intention. And I can't tell you the outpouring of letters and emails and responses that I got that A, filled my bucket mm-hmm. at a time yeah. where I really needed it. And also made me feel like, okay, you know what? The situation wasn't for naught. I was able to um, be of service in some way. Um, You know, since then I've had other miscarriages and it's been really, really difficult and challenging and it didn't get easier because I had a child and, um, you know, it's, it's been really challenging. And in terms of the postpartum depression and anxiety, Again, I just feel like these sort of images of perfect motherhood that we're meant to aspire to, for some people might feel easy and attainable, but it didn't feel that way for me. Mm. And it became a health issue. You know, I was having thoughts that scared me. Mm. And I had never had thoughts like that before, Mm -hmm. not since I had been like 11 years old or whatever and like the height of my drama. Um, But what did did that look and feel like to any listener who's Mm -hmm. listening who might be going through it, who doesn't, maybe cannot identify or give any weight to how they're feeling. So it's, that's a great question because it is hard to understand because you're not sleeping. And so I think the idea of instant bonding that like you immediately look at your child and you're like, I love you forever. And then everything's fine. Like after almost three days of labor when they put Ella on Mm. my chest, I was like, felt nothing, Mm. you know? I, I have to admit that I was very similar in that. And I didn't have a a labor like yours by any means, but I just remember them handing her to me and thinking, this is what I'm supposed to be feeling. Me too. Excuse me. That like, I was like, it was like a movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, well, in the movie, this is when I cry and this is my child. Like literally, that's what I, I remember thinking that. And I remember being like, okay, this is that moment. Yeah. And the yeah. expectation of what it was supposed to be versus what I was actually yes. feeling yes. is, and then you, and then I, of course, felt awful. Do you of know course. what I mean? It's like, you know, also, how can that be expected? I know. You've gone through the most like traumatic exactly. experience your body's ever going to go through, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, how can you be expected to immediately have that feeling? I just don't. Some I, people do, you know. I, I will say, I, with my second, I did, but I was yeah. totally blissed out on drugs. <laughs> I'm like, we have pictures of it, and I like, I literally, I look ethereal. Yeah. Like, I look like this is the best thing that ever has happened to That's me. But that was my second, not my first. Right. Um, I will say though, my mom did me a real service because she said to me before I had Ella, she was like, "Listen, if you don't feel immediately bonded to your child, do not panic." Because you're meeting a stranger. Oh, well done, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know how we could feel closer to each other. And when I first met you, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that instant bond. And now look where we are. So don't judge yourself if that happens. That's That's huge. Yeah. So I was so grateful to her, you know, and... So I wasn't that – I was like – I was mad at myself, but I also knew that I'd been through the ringer. So I was like giving myself a hall pass. It's when the breastfeeding thing happened that I really started to spiral mm-hmm. where I was like, this is the most natural thing in the world. This should be working. Why mm-hmm. isn't this working? And I think for me, the fact that she would not sleep mm-hmm. oh, and girl. so I could not sleep. Yeah. It, Ella I mean, did not <sighs> sleep. Yeah, no. she was baby FOMO. No, <laughs> just straight <laughs> that up. That was like my second too. He totally had FOMO, and I just like and she cried all the time because she was really uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, a friend of mine who's a marine was like, "Do you know that that's how they 
torture people is they keep them from sleeping and then they play crying babies. Oh my God. The sound of crying babies. I didn't know that part. I will never forget a night that I literally was lying in bed and I I sat up and I was like, the baby's crying, the baby's crying, the baby's crying. And my husband's like, no, no, the baby is not crying. And I was like, I hear the baby crying. Yeah. He's like, she's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was really hard. And I, I became, for me, my anxiety always manifests itself at trying to fix. So where my husband was like, sweetie, I, I think that this has gone beyond normal. Like this is hard for the first few months land was like the fifth lactation consultant Mm. and the fourth sleep consultant. Mm. And I can't believe it took seven consultants to tell you to stop breastfeeding. Oh, no. They like, were let's like, talk about that. They're like, we can fix it. No, yeah. one person like sent oh. me to a shaman. Like, oh yeah. I, I mean, I was like laying. I, I should write a book about it because it's ridiculous. I was like covered in eagle feathers. Like, it, it was insane. And oh But I was God. like, I will literally right, do I will anything. Do anything. Yeah. And even though we had a nanny... I wouldn't let the nanny touch her. So my husband's like, so what is she here for? And (laughs) I was like, I don't know. You know, I I would, if she cried at all, like a peep, I would pick her up immediately and try to stop her from crying instead of just letting her sort of work it out a little bit. I was just so, um, I started to have intrusive thoughts where I would be standing on, on the side of the road and be like, what if I just walked in front of the bus? Like, they would be better off without me. That kind of stuff. Ella deserves a better mom. Patrick deserves a better wife. Just really scary, dark thoughts. And my husband called a center for postpartum depression and basically told them that he was afraid Mm. for me. And I went in, and although I did not end up there, I ended up with a different doctor who I still see, who I love. Um, I'm so grateful that I did that. And because, you know... Unless we tell people what we're going through, they don't know how to be there for us in a meaningful way. And because I actually wasn't really open about it for like until I went to work when Ella was five months old, I I started shooting the detour again and we were in Canada. And by then I was feeling better. I was on medication. Ella was sitting up. So her reflux got a lot Mm -hmm. better. We had sleep trained her. So she was like, you know, her sleep was a lot better. I was sleeping more. Um, and then finally, while we were there, we actually, um, got our nanny, Joanna, who is like a member of our family now. And we love her so much. And she was so compassionate. Um, my friend Lauren, who, um, is an actress, Lauren Lukacek, and she, she was our babysitter for a while. And she kind of saved my life because she was like, you're, you're not crazy. This is really hard. You're going Mm. through something really hard and you're doing a lot. Like you're doing too much. Um, sometimes it's just it's just being seen. It is being seen. Right? It's just someone looking at yeah. you and being like, you're, what you're doing is really yeah. hard. Yes. And I think for me, having some people in my life who made us feel like we were like putting up a wall to them or, you know, they they weren't able to move out of their own feelings in order to see that I was not well, right. yeah. you know, that they they weren't capable of the empathy Mm-hmm. that someone in my state required. And so I wish that I had the courage then to say, I'm really struggling. Mm-hmm. You well, know? I know. I remember Kudos. that time. And I, I do remember like we would text about things and lactation and all these things. And I could tell you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, it was so hard to like, get, you know what I mean? Like also though, I know when you're in that, mm-hmm. you're in that place and you're just trying, like you said, you want to fix things. So mm-hmm. you're trying to do it all yourself. And yeah. you're just like, but I remember Celia and I like texting and just saying, yeah, we're really concerned about Laura and, yeah. and it's being so hard. And, and I do remember having that feeling like it's gone past just really hard, Yeah, but you don't, you don't know how to Breakthrough, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to see anybody. No, that was the, I mean, I I would would say, like, can I come over? And she's like, no. Yeah. But not like in a way of like, you know, it wasn't, it was just like, no, we have this or whatever. And so I was like, oh, and talking to Chelsea and yeah. She was like, you have to just go over there. Just storm the castle. <laughs> just go. Just knock on the door. Kudos to your but, husband, though, for, for yeah, recognizing yeah, it and, and 
getting you the help because I don't think that is the norm. Well, you know, to be perfectly honest, and I, I, he wouldn't mind my saying, the, the first year was really hard in our marriage. Like, I, I think he would admit he was not his best self the first sort of year of her life. And around a year old, he and I had like a real come to Jesus where I was like, I can't do everything. Mm-hmm. I can't have the mental load, the emotional load. I cannot carry all burdens. Yeah. And... I think because it was coupled with that I had had anxiety and like was trying to do so much, he couldn't delineate what was anxiety and what was like really happening. And so I think he just took a big step back and I ended up feeling really like alone, Mm. you know? And so it's, you know, that first year can be, I'm not saying it is or will be, but it can be really challenging for moms, for couples. I'm sure being alive for, you know, the first year of your life is challenging as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like everybody is going through something brand new. Yeah. And and you have to find what the new dynamic is. I mean, and that mental load is real. A mental load. And it's, and it never gets better. I know we do have to do (laughs) another episode. You guys actually should. Yeah. Because Uh, it is unreal, the mental load. Um, but it's like your dynamic changes and you have no way. I remember before I had Elliot, a friend saying to me, like, you don't know who your partner's going to be as a parent, mm-hmm. either to you or to your child, mm-hmm. like, and how that's going to change the dynamic of your relationship, mm-hmm. if it will, mm-hmm. and if you're going to like the way they parent. Or yep. if they, I mean, yep. you have no idea how you're going to be as a parent. Totally. This is, it's just a completely new. Yep. It's a new identity. It's it's a new it is identity. a new identity. Like putting on a new yeah. costume and becoming Absolutely. Uh-huh. And that's where I do think love languages come into play because like my husband was immediately an incredible father, um, like incredible father. Yeah, um, he's a great dad. He's a great dad. But we didn't really know how to be there for each other in a way that was meaningful because for me, I really like physical touch and hugs and checking in. Mm-hmm. And for him, that's not as meaningful to him. So it's like I was doing all the things for him that I wanted him to do for me, and then neither one of us were getting, getting what we needed. needed. Yeah. So yeah. just having like just being a grown up and having a conversation and being like, "What's meaningful to you? Is it me cooking dinner? Right. Great, I'll do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I need you to like stop and give me hugs and like tell me I'm doing a good job because the only voice I hear is that I'm doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, anxiety is like mine kicked into. I never really had much anxiety, and the first year of Elliot's life was actually pretty. Awesome. Like I think back on it as like the happiest time in the last yeah. five years, to be honest. Wow. Like I I only recently I only recently finally got on some medication. Yep. And it has changed my life. Yep. And I feel more like myself than I have in the last several years. Thank you, science. Um, yes, yes, I am here for it all <laughs> yes. over the place. Because I when she was younger, it, it was easier for me. Yeah. I we didn't struggle with a lot of different things and like Thank you, like yeah. universe, whatever. But like after that, as she's gotten older and moves out into the world, mm. my anxiety, yeah, I have become a catastrophizer. Like it yeah. ratcheted up so many points. And it's like, I don't know. You know, I always tell people, you'll never move through the world as carefree again. And I just am not carefree yeah, yeah. at all. Like, And the anxiety that came along with motherhood, I think, was what was most surprising to me. Me too. I mean – not just the the depth and the well of love that mm-hmm. I feel for her. I mean, my God, it's yes. like I used to say I want to just put her back inside. Yes, you know what totally. I mean? Like, I love totally. her so much. I just want to yes. like, oh, I just want to put her back inside. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but just, not really. But not really. <laughs> but but also. like, you know, it's it's as she moves through the world, you know, if she gets on the school bus and she goes to school and other people pick her up and they take her in the city. And I, until the last two months, you know, my thoughts were, the worst case scenario will happen. Yeah, every time you yeah. know, or every time I got on a plane, mm-hmm. this is it. I better say goodbye because yeah. the, you know what I mean. It was yeah, and I was like, that is <sighs> this is exhausting. Yeah, and I would say to Eric, this is not me. I don't I know. feel like myself. I like I am not. This is not who I am. Yeah, and I mean, I was never the most optimistic person <laughs> to be honest. Like, I definitely yes. am a bit of a pessimist. <laughs> but me too. Kara used to say no. to me in the dressing room, she'd be like, "Don't look for the other shoe, Jess." Oh yeah, I know because I'm always <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop. You I know? know, I am too. But this took on a whole new level, and so um, having the having the real talk about the anxiety is mm-hmm. just. I think we try to just keep going, you know, yep. and like as moms, we're doing all the things. Uh-huh. And even if we have a, and I have a great husband and he's a great partner, but 
put that mental load and just the fact mm-hmm. that yeah. we grew this person. Yeah. And they are so a part of who we are. Absolutely. And, and, um, yeah. And like, you know, look, I feel so grateful for my husband. Like the amount, the amount of love I feel for him is unbelievable and gratitude, but he's not sitting in a chair getting made up to look like Melania Trump and ordering groceries and ordering diapers and, and remembering who needs a doctor appointment and needs to get a birthday present for the party. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. the multitask. Mm -hmm. And that's, and then, you know, sometimes, and he's, if he listens to this, he's going to be like, man, you're being hard on me. (laughs) Sorry, honey. Um, but the idea of just like, hey, just relax. Like, uh-huh. it'll all happen. I'm like, yeah, it happens because yeah. I make it right. happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, you're welcome exactly. that you get to be chill, cool, fun dad mm-hmm. because I'm going to make sure all that shit gets done. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. Eric will be like, honey, I can take care of that. And so I'll be like, cool, I need mm-hmm. you to do this by Friday. Mm-hmm. Like one phone call. Mm-hmm. I love you, honey. One phone call. And the next, you know, two days later, hey, have you called the doctor yet? Oh, no, not yet. Yep. Okay. You have mm-hmm. to call by Friday to cancel. Okay. Have you called? Oh, no, not yet. And then it's like Friday at 4.30. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, when was call. I supposed to call? I'm like, you have, they're going to close. And then we're, you know what I mean? It's I know. Like, and then, so not only I'm trying to pass it off, God love him. You know, he'll be like, let me take on some of it. And I'm like, great. But when I give it to you, I know I still have to check exactly. up. And then that That's adds exhausting. To my, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah, but exactly. I think, and this is a lesson I've learned from other, some other moms, I think, is let them fall. Right. And it's also like a new um, lesson or, or or I've been listening to some podcasts about parenting and mm. it's like, we want to make this world like perfect for our kids. Yes. But like at some point, they're young right now, yeah. but at some point, like you forgot your homework, cool. We're not going home to get it. Yeah. You have to tell the teacher that you forgot your homework. Yeah. Like whatever those consequences, consequences are. Yeah. The problem is we, like you were so anxious about that doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so him not following up on that rat was contributing to your anxiety. Right. It wasn't right. something that just affected him. Exactly. Right. And that's the hard the hard line to walk. It's like I want yeah. I want what's best for you and I want what's best for us. Yes. But how can I help you help yourself? Exactly. <laughs> you know? And conversely, and this is my husband is right about this, I will I move so quickly and I do it so Same. fast oh that God. I don't leave room for <laughs> yeah. it. Oh my God. Where Same. he's like, I would have done it. I'm like, yeah, but I did it faster. Right. Like and, and I'm gonna if, do it how I want it done. <laughs> even if there's like a dish in the sink, I start mm-hmm. watching it. My husband will yeah. be like, I was going to wash that. Yeah. I'm like, well, well, I'm doing it. It's yeah. Fine. Yep. Yes. I'm here. I'm already doing it. So you missed it. Yeah. So maybe do it when you thought about it. Right. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so oh. funny sitting here listening to the anxiety, depression talk. Oof. I We went through something like very traumatic with my daughter at an early age. And, and only recently, I would say, even my husband turned to me recently. He's like, I feel like we're out of the weeds. Like it's yeah. for the first time. She's six. Yeah. But I feel like we're out of the weeds. Um, and we are. The weeds are always there, but like we Mm -hmm. can see above them through. But I was – it's so funny. I'm literally having this epiphany right now. I was 1,000% depressed, Mm -hmm. but I thought – but it was because of specifically what was happening in our life. And there'll be an episode about that later on. Um, But I went to therapy and I was so pissed at this doctor because she was like – I think you probably should go on some medication. I was like, I do not need to go to medication. I am upset because of what is happening in my life. I yeah. need you to help me deal with it. Give me ways that I can deal with what's happening in my life. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was giving me something to help me deal with it. I'm literally having that epiphany in yeah. this moment. Um, so sorry to that therapist who <laughs> I did not go back to. Um, I went to her like five times and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was mad, but maybe I was just mad at my situation too. Of course. But isn't that funny that that was my, my reaction was Mine at anger. first was that too. Mine at first was like, I don't need medicine. Mm-hmm. I meditate. Yeah. I'm mind over matter. I Three am years like, I was doing that. Too. Yeah. And look, I, meditation is a daily part of my life still. I do it twice a day or I try to. And I think it is an absolute compliment to my medication, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, but like I was not going to get through what I was feeling without, um, serotonin, yeah. you know, without some help chemically. I yeah. was like, chemically, my system was too far gone. Mm-hmm. And so now I find 
even with the medication, if I don't meditate, if I don't exercise, if I don't care for myself, which I really struggle with doing self-care is like a really big issue for me. You, you guys should do an episode we on self-care. Um, <laughs> How many episodes are we I know, exactly. Are we writing them all down? Exactly. We should. Um, you know, if it – without the medicine, the meditation would mean no. nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Golly. And I mean, look, I, I come from a mom and she would be totally fine with me saying this, who's on medication. Mm-hmm. And after my baby was born, she kept being like, are you okay? Are you yeah. okay? Are you okay? Because I wasn't okay. Are you okay? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to do it again, I'll know better. You missed the I'm boat. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god, this has been so good. Oh, Thank I'm you, so friend. Happy to see you guys. I know, I'm like sad that we had to do like a podcast in order, in order to, to hang out. Jesus. That's how busy we are. Well, that's that's, that's working artist working mom life. Yep. And you know, it's good things. It is. All good things. But thank you so much thank for coming you guys. and hanging with you. us and sharing and um love you ladies. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our super theme song, our producer Dory Berenstein and editor Alan Seals, and of course the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Have a good one. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.